Hello and welcome to another episode of St. Pete's on Repeat, the online sermon archive of St. Peter Lutheran Church from St. Albert, Alberta, Canada. This sermon was preached on December 5th, 2021, for the second Sunday of Advent, and is based on the gospel lesson for that day, Luke chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Iteria and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all people will see God's salvation. This is the word of our Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we're just a few weeks away. And yet there are still so many preparations to be made before Christmas. Are you going to send out Christmas cards or a family newsletter? You should probably send them out now if you want them to have any chance of getting there by Christmas. Are you hoping to get away for a day or two during the holiday? I hate to break it to you, but you probably should have booked your room a couple months ago. There are decorations to put up, presents to purchase and wrap, cookies to bake, paper stars to make. There are so many preparations to be made for Christmas. But why? Why do we go to all that trouble for one day out of the year? It's not for family. You know, under normal circumstances, you could plan to see your family whenever you want. Of course, under the new normal, you might not be able to see your family at all. And we don't go into all this trouble for family. As a Christian, you know that it's all about that one thing that brings your family together at this time of year. It's about the celebration of our Savior's birth. If you thought you had things to prepare to celebrate this Christmas, imagine the preparations that God was making to celebrate the first Christmas to prepare for his son's arrival on earth and the work he had sent him to do. Luke goes into great detail about the historical context of that coming in our gospel lesson for today. He mentions prominent members of the Roman government and the hierarchy of the Hebrew high priesthood. We don't need to go into those details, but Luke mentions them so that you can know that all of these events took place when the set time had fully come. In other words, God had set the stage to fulfill his promise to send a Savior. He orchestrated the events of history to prepare the way for his Son. Now, this was tremendously good news for the people who lived under Pontius Pilate and Herod and Philip and Lysanias. They had been waiting for thousands of years for the Savior to come, and finally he was on his way. In fact, in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Jesus was already 29 years old. The Savior had come. He just hadn't announced himself yet. 
God had kept his promise. Salvation was on the way. That's why we celebrate Christmas today and make all the preparations that we do. Because God was true to his word. The Lord did come. That's a fact worth celebrating with decorations and special music and midweek worship services. God sent his son at Christmas to be our savior. But here's a truth that's easy to forget this time of year. Jesus still comes to you today. He comes to you in word and sacrament, through the waters of baptism and the bread and wine, his own body and blood in the Lord's Supper. Jesus still comes to you every time you sit down with your Bible and read your daily devotion. During the season of Advent, we don't say the Lord was coming. We say the Lord is coming because he still comes to you today in word and sacrament. And because the Lord Jesus is coming again on the last day. He is certainly with us right now, but someday soon he will return with the clouds of heaven. With the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God, the Lord is still coming. And that's good news worth celebrating. But it's also news that means that you and I need to hear the same message that John shared with all those people out in the wilderness. When he said, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John, of course, isn't being literal. God doesn't need us to pave an actual highway to heaven to prepare for his arrival. But he does call us to prepare our hearts. And John told the people just how to do that. He came preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. If you were to summarize John's entire ministry of preparing the way for the Lord in a single word, it would be repent. The Greek word here refers to a complete change of heart and mind. In other words, repentance means that you both think and feel differently about both sin and salvation. And this is important as we prepare for the coming of the Lord, because the two greatest enemies of preparation are arrogance and indifference. I mean, that makes sense in earthly things, right? You have midterms coming up. Half of your grade is dictated by how you do on this one test. If you're arrogant and you think you know everything already, then you're not going to study and you're not going to be ready. Or if you're indifferent, if you just don't care, then why put in the effort at all? Either way, you're not prepared for what's about to happen. Those are the same enemies that we have to fight as we prepare for Christ to come again. We can't afford to be arrogant. And yet arrogance in the church among Christians like us is far more common than you would ever hope or believe. I can't tell you how many times I've seen it. New Christians have a much greater appreciation for Jesus because they know what they've been saved from. Maybe it was a life of addiction to alcohol or drugs or sex. Maybe it was a heart hardened against God that denied or hated God. Maybe it was complete ignorance that there is a God. New Christians often get it. They know what they've been saved from. But the longer you're a Christian, the more susceptible you are to arrogance. Arrogance. 
we might think we know it all already. After all, we've gone to church every Christmas. We've heard these stories hundreds of times before. We might think that we're leading a good and godly life already. Until someone points out to you that the way that you talk about other people is not only rude, but it's shameful and sinful. We might think we're already leading a good and godly life until someone points out to you that even looking at a woman lustfully, like the women on your favorite TV show that's rated TVMA, even looking at them with desire in your heart is sinful. Let alone the Google searches that follow, or God forbid the illicit meetups you don't want anyone to find out about. That's no way to prepare for Jesus' return as Lord. Neither is indifference. And there's a lot of that going around too. This will be my ninth Christmas as a pastor. Christmas is easily one of the top two days of the year for Christians. But every year on Christmas morning, as happy as that day is, I can't help but feel a little disappointment. We might get 70 to 100 people here on Christmas Eve, but only a fraction a fraction of a fraction come back the next day. And I get it, you've already been to church. Who really needs to go to two church services within 18 hours of each other? But that's the thing. It's not about need. It's about desire. Desire to be with God, with other Christians around God's word. And that's true of Christian uh, Christmas morning. But it's also true of, of daily devotion and prayer we can grow so indifferent and can't be bothered to care. That's no way to prepare for Jesus' return. The way to prepare is to repent, to have that complete change of heart and mind. As one poet put it, there is no mind so good that it doesn't need to be changed. There's no mind so bad that it cannot be changed. There is no sin so small that it doesn't need to be forgiven. There's no sin so great that it cannot be forgiven. My mind is not so good that no change is needed. And your sin is not so small that it doesn't need to be forgiven. Repentance means seeing those seemingly innocent or accidental or unintentional sins for what they really are, as acts of rebellion against God deserving his full wrath and punishment. That's what sin is, whether it's great or small. But repentance also means having a complete change of mind about salvation. My hope for heaven is not based on how good I can be or how little I can sin. It's based on the work that my king came to do. Again, that's why we celebrate Christmas and make all the preparations we do. Because it's at Christmas that the words of Isaiah come true. And all people will see God's salvation. That's what Jesus came to give you by dying on a cross. That's what he still gives you through his word and sacraments. He gives you the forgiveness of your sins. Earlier I told you the Greek word for repentance, a complete change of heart and mind. 
The Greek word for forgiveness paints a good picture too. It's a complete removal of your sins from you forever. Just like God promises you in the Psalms, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Or again, through the prophet Micah, you will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all our iniquities into the depths of the sea. That's what Jesus came to give you. Complete removal of your sins from you forever. And he won that for you by his death on the cross. That's why Jesus came at Christmas. To be your savior from sin. That's why he's coming again. To take you home, to be with him forever in heaven. But there's work for us to do before then. And it's not leading a crusade to right the ship in Canada to protect my personal rights and freedoms, to get Santa out of the malls and Jesus on the grounds of the legislature building. It's not a crusade to get anyone else to change anything in themselves. We have work to do in our own hearts. That's what Advent is all about. And that's what repentance is all about. Completely changing the way we think about our sin hating the sins we used to love, and loving the godly things we used to find boring. But above all, rejoicing when we see Jesus. Because when we see Jesus, we see God's salvation and our forgiveness, the complete removal of our sins from us forever. This Advent, may God give you a heart of repentance too. And may he who began a good work in you carried on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Amen.